Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes, the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. As a worldwide educator and developer of best-in-class hand therapy content, Susan Weiss, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, brings you an array of hand therapy specialists, hand care solutions, and more. Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes. I have Cynthia Weinberger, an OTCHT, joining us today. Cynthia has been an OT for over 31 years. She's owned private practices and worked in many private hand clinics, but recently she has opened a new business. Her business is called the Mobile Therapy Group. And I am super excited for her to share with us about this new project. But first, Cindy, can you go ahead and tell us how you got into hand and upper extremity rehabilitation? So I've been an occupational therapist for 31 years already. Hard to believe it's been that long. Um, but when I was in school, I always loved hands. I was intrigued by splinting and hand therapy and the intricacies of the hand always a goal of mine early on, even as a student. And uh, throughout the years, I searched for opportunities where I could work in hand therapy. But really, it wasn't until around 2006 that I found an opportunity to work with a hand therapy mentor, a CHT. And I was working at a hospital where I was half in acute care rehab, and the other half in outpatient hands with a mentor, something that probably would be pretty difficult to find in today's world. But back in the early 2000s, it was welcome and it was wonderful. And I had a fabulous mentor who has become a dear friend of mine. And in 2010, uh, you know, studied and, and got my CHT. So it's kind of a career-long goal of mine to become a certified hand therapist. And now I've had that for the last 10 of my 31 years of practice. Cool. So what has prompted you to create your mobile and telehealth company? About a year and a half ago, I moved to Florida from up north. And I found pretty quickly working in a large outpatient clinic as a CHT that I was not really pleased with the delivery of care. I was um, kind of disenchanted when I lived up north. I, I saw patients one-on-one -on -one for 45 minutes. It was a real, uh, now I've realized it was a real luxury. And then coming to Florida and seeing two to three patients simultaneously and really sort of working so hard within the confines of insurance companies and you know commercial clinic. And I was feeling frustrated with the delivery of care, to be honest. And I just felt like I wanted a way to, to change the delivery of care and be able to provide one-on-one -on -one care like I used to. I mean, that's the reason we all get into being therapists, I think, is because we like to work with people. We like to help people. And that was my goal. I, I, I thought, I'm not going to last here forever. I knew that from the beginning that I knew uh, I needed to find a way to get back to providing one-on-one -on -one care again. Um, and even before this virus last year, I started feeling like 
you know, telehealth was kind of the wave of the future and it was growing more and more just naturally because of the use of technology in everything we do, particularly healthcare. And last year I thought, you know, I'd like to find a way to do telehealth for a variety of reasons. Last year, I, because I felt like healthcare needed changes in delivery in order to provide one-on-one care, I started developing a business. And the business, which is Mobile Therapy Group, was to include both telehealth and also Medicare B home visits. Both models able to provide one-on-one care, but in very different ways. I think I just recognize that changing times means changes in healthcare delivery and shifting to a model like this allowed me to kind of get back to my to back to my roots of, of why I became a therapist. So I did that. I created the business. I did the steps to, to get it going. And I was really sort of ready to go, like a shell of a business. And then, like most people, and I'm sure a lot of you can identify with this, I got scared and I thought, oh, no, no, I can't do this. I don't want to leave my full-time job and my income. And I just, no, I'm not going to do it. And so I left that shell of a company for several months, just kind of sitting there doing nothing. And then just recently, a week and a half ago, I was laid off from my job because of the virus. Um, And it was a a definite shock for me. I, you know, the end of my work day on a Friday was called in thinking I was going to be discussing my scheduling for the next week and trying to physically space out our patients and talking about PPE and precautions and comfort level of, of treating patients in face-to-face. And instead of having that conversation, I had a conversation which was that we're really sorry we have to let you go. So admittedly, I, I spent a little bit of time, you know, shocked and a little bit of time upset, but it didn't take very long for me to quickly realize that this was really a blessing in disguise and really the push that I needed to, to jump into this shell of a practice that was already set up. And literally by the end of the weekend, I had my website up and running. The reason I was able to do it so fast is because I had all the beginning stages done months in advance. If that hadn't been done months in advance, I'd be still you know, applying for my LLC and my tax ID number now, and I uh, would never be ready to be up and running. Um, but I had done all the legwork in advance, and I'm, I, uh, I have to thank my employer for pushing me into this opportunity because uh, I, I'm not sure I would have taken the leap without it. What a story and extremely impressive. And even though you had all those things ready to go and you could just jump in because you had the shell, I know your personality and you would have just gone at it and made all those things happen. And because you did that and you did have the shell, would you mind going through a few of the steps perhaps that you had to take For therapists listening to this that are in the exact same position as you, they've either lost their position, they've been cut hours down significantly, or they've been tinkering with the idea of moving forward with something like this, whether it's exactly like this, it doesn't really matter. But what are the steps to to go into your own business? Well, first of all, 
was the research stage and figuring out what it is that I want to do and why. I think it's important before going into the steps of, you know, oh, first I did this and then I did this, because I think it's really important for you to ask yourself why you want to do what you do. You have to have your whys, so to speak. Um, And for me, you know, my first why was I want to give one-on-one care to my patients. That was my my first why. And, And recognizing that with the confines of today's insurance companies and all of the rules and productivity requirements with employers that I wasn't really going to be able to get that goal unless I did something on my own. The other why is wanting to do something that is easy, you know, easy to give that treatment and easy goes along with low overhead. Because if you're going to open up a clinic, I did have a clinic in New Hampshire um, in the past, but if you're going to open up a clinic, it's expensive Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of overhead and a lot of equipment and a lot that's required to do that. And that wasn't easy to me. And that wasn't what I wanted to do this time around. This time I'm making it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was my other other goal in this. Um, And then, of course, lifestyle. So I wanted, I'm getting a little older since I've been doing this 31 years. You can do the math. I'm, I'm not new in the field and I'm getting older. And I want my lifestyle as I get older to provide freedom and ability to do some travel and, and that sort of thing. So those were my whys. Um, and from there, I really just started researching and finding support and finding people that could help me figure out what to do that fits into what my goals are. And I have to tell you, the most influential groups and people that I, re- I connected with were on Facebook. Wow. There are some unbelievable groups on Facebook. The first one I ever signed up with, which was probably a few years ago, was uh, Mike Chua has has this site and it's called Alternative Careers. I think it's called Alternative Careers for Healthcare Professionals. That was my first eye-opening to how many frustrated therapists <laughs> there were out there. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not alone in the way I've been feeling. And it really was eye-opening for me. And I, I um, interacted with a lot of people on that group and learned a lot. And then I started doing more research. Huh, if this group is out there, what other kinds of groups are out mm-hmm. here on Facebook? And I found um, Kara, Kara Kettering Welk's Next Level OT um, platform and, and her group, which has been hugely influential. And that's where I really learned about um, Medicare B outpatient services even being an option, to be honest with you. I didn't know I could be credentialed with Medicare B and go see somebody in their home. I didn't even know that that was an option until I started learning from Kara and learning on her platform. And the telehealth was sort of the afterthought. I thought, well, I'll start out with the Medicare B because I, I see how that will be a little bit easier to get clients and um, you know it's covered by insurance and that'll be easier. Um, but I also knew that for the future, I wanted the telehealth portion, because that's the piece that allows that last goal of mine, which is the flexibility of uh, lifestyle and, and traveling and that sort of thing. 
So then I hooked up with Michelle Coyle, Michelle Holliber Coyle, mm-hmm. on her Hand Nerds um, platform, her, her Facebook group. And she was a huge help to me, too. And I just actually did a consultation um, for an hour with her, you know, a paid consult. And she's very helpful and very supportive in, uh, in helping me to get the pieces together to make the telehealth fortune uh, good. So I think I kind of skipped your question, which was the mm-hmm. beginning part. And I'll, I guess I have to jump back to that. But this is, this is sort of how I got the ideas to even do this. It's really from, from other therapists that have done it before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and these groups have been unbelievable to me. So um, the first steps that I took was I got to name my company. What's the name going to be? But you can't just pull a name out of a hat because you like it because that name might not be available. So (laughs) I kind of went at it in the opposite direction. I went on, um, I think it was Sunbiz or, you know, a, a, a Florida government site to search for domain names. And I thought, I need a name that's available, and I need to go in that direction. I didn't want to get my heart set on a name and then find out that someone else already had it. So I just sort of started typing in different names to represent what I was looking to represent. So um, finding a name, making sure it's available, applying through the state to make that name a business, and uh, you have to find out based on your state, what kind of a business is it? Is it an LLC or a PLLC or a C Corp or an S Corp? I Mm -hmm. honestly don't know a lot about this stuff, but I knew that in the state of Florida, it was an LLC. And um, I moved forward with that once, but every, everything you do hinges on the next step. Mm -hmm. So you have to wait for one thing to clear before you can get the next thing. So you can't have, for example, a tax ID number until you have an LLC. So after you get the LLC, then you apply for the tax ID number. Um, I think it's also important to reserve a domain name right away mm-hmm. because once that name is yours, you better you better hold your website. Even if you're not ready to produce your actual website, you need to hold that name so it belongs to you for when you're ready. Those are the steps that I did last year. Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant by a shell of a company. But that was really all I had done. That's great. Um, and so from there, it's you know creating a website, uh, deciding what platform you're going to use if you're going to do telehealth. Do you want to you know do something that's free? There's a lot of free options out there, or can you afford to spend a little bit of money and and make it easier for yourself? You know those kinds of decisions all have to be made before you you decide what your, you know, what your next steps are. And like I had said, I had run a business in New Hampshire and I learned a lot from that because it was my first experience ever owning a business. And um, I did a lot of things to kind of get up and running fast. But then when the company was ready to grow, it wasn't really poised to grow, so to speak. And I would have had to restructure a lot of things. And I learned from that mistake that I wanted to, create this company poised to grow so that, you know, I have goals for this company that I want to hire, you know, physical therapy, speech therapy. I want to have independent contractors down the line, which is why it's a group. 
Mm-hmm. It's a mobile therapy group. I mm-hmm. want it to be ready to grow without saying, oh, that name is really limiting in that it's just one person or um, or set it up as a sole proprietor where I can't hire anyone else without now relicensing everything and, and all of that. So, so those kind of decisions were all part of why I, I set this up the way I set it up. That's so helpful because I, I too have had many businesses and made many mistakes along the way and including something as simple as like my business with exploring hand therapy being limited to just really hand therapy. So then I had to do a a DBA, which is a doing business as for treatment to go so that I would be able to address the larger volume. So I was short-sighted in my creation of what I wanted. I knew I wanted to help occupational therapists in general, but the way it started was just to just hand it up for extremity professionals And that's just one of my hundreds of mistakes, which I could do a whole podcast on the thousand mistakes I've made in business. But those are really helpful points. And I I really like what you said about the domain name, because there's a lot of domain names that aren't available. So you find this great name, even going on Sundays or wherever you determine your name, and you try and find a domain that suits around that and it doesn't work. So you have to be cognizant of that. So I'm thankful that you pointed out to people who are getting ready to go on the venture of creating their own businesses to to listen to some of those tips because they're extremely helpful. And and in retrospect, had I done some of those, I would have done a lot of things differently. So thank you uh, for sharing that. And with regards to this new business, how do you market this business? What are your plans for expansion? And I know you're excited and looking forward to having the ability to do PT and speech and and much more down the road. How do you even start? So people went through this, they get going, they got their LLC or their corporation and they got their domain and their website. How is anyone going to find you? What do we do now? That's, That's a good question. Um, and in the age of COVID, it really changes the answer to that question because honestly, if we didn't have what's going on in the world right now, I would be in my car driving around trying to meet with people, uh, whether it's physicians or other therapy practices or home care agencies, assisted living uh, agencies, all different places, particularly for the the in-home portion, the Medicare B portion. But right now in the age of COVID, I'm not even really focusing on that piece right now. I, right. I'm really putting all my effort at this time into the telehealth. I'll get back to the other the other side of it. Uh, and I do have N95 masks and gloves. And if I mm-hmm. have a client and they are not exhibiting signs of, of the virus, I would go in there and, and work with them. But really my focus at this time is the telehealth piece. So I have been doing a lot of personal phone calls, just picking up the phone. I'm finding that it's the best way to reach people. And I'm also finding that people are kind of available right now. You know, everyone (laughs) is sitting by their computers and sitting by their phones. And if there's ever a good time to pick up the phone and call somebody, it's now. So I've been reaching out to concierge doctors, for example. doing a lot of word of mouth, calling friends, family, people I know, anyone who I think maybe I know that they live in a community with a lot of older folks and 
uh, perhaps there's a lot of people that, you know, would benefit from the services of mobile therapy group. Um, I've just started reaching out to some uh, workers' comp companies, things like that. So really just lots and lots of phone calls and emails and Facebook and that thing. Eventually, I, I, I have a lot of other plans of how I'm going to reach people. I'd like to give talks, you know, free educational talks at the library or mm-hmm. free educational talks through a synagogue or a church or a community, um, those kinds of things. And I think that's a good way to, to bring people in as well. I probably need to develop some things like that that I can offer online through Facebook. I haven't done a lot of that yet. I'm sure I can and I, and I will, but I haven't really done that yet. Marketing. Great. So those are some really great ideas for people to get started on, on how to get their business exposed. I appreciate that. Um, with it, with regards to payment, I know that becomes a really tricky question for people. Is it covered? Is it not covered? Do we, are we only accepting self-pay or what, what are some tips or strategies that you could help with people listening? I, I understand that most of this is going to be governed state by state, but still any general information that you have with regards to that and how you would utilize it on a on an insurance basis versus a self-pay basis? Yeah. Um, First of all, this is changing minute by minute. In fact, there was a new regulation that came out just last night from Mm -hmm. Center for Medicare that looked like we were going to be able to start actually billing as OTs and PTs in um, telehealth but there are some exclusions in there and, and it looks like it's not as clear as we were hoping it was going to be. So the first thing to say is right now, because of of this coronavirus, things are changing very, very rapidly as far as Medicare goes. And as far as all the other insurance companies go, more and more are starting to cover telehealth services. That being said, my business model is not to be credentialed with any of the insurance companies except Medicare B. Mm -hmm. I am going to be fee-for-service for the other insurance companies. So it is essentially, it's self-pay. I tell the patients, I, I was just talking with a client this morning who has Blue Cross, and I advised her to call her, her insurance company and let them know she was doing a telehealth occupational therapy visit and that a lot of the insurances will reimburse at an out-of-network benefit. So I'll provide a super bill to her and she Mm -hmm. can submit that to her insurance, hopefully for reimbursement. And I'm hearing that some are and some are not. So I'm upfront with the the client about that right from the get-go. You may get reimbursed, you may not get reimbursed. Um, But this is what I can do for you to help. And I'm putting it in their hands because again, easy was one of my goals. I don't want to be spending a lot of time verifying insurances and billing insurances, and um, I'm putting that back in the in the hands of the of the client, except for Medicare, because mm-hmm. I feel it's important to be a Medicare provider. You created it as a company where you're providing services direct to Medicare, even with the mobile aspect down the road. So it was something that you were planning anyhow. Correct, correct. And and people should understand that there are legalities with treating Medicare patients. So 
even if, if I was not a Medicare provider and I had a Medicare patient who had a medically necessary, you know, a referral to see an occupational therapist, I, by law, cannot even take money from a Medicare patient wow. for a medically necessary procedure. So if I didn't take Medicare, I'd be limiting myself. And living in Florida, there's quite a few Medicare patients. Um, I would guess, yeah. And there are some exceptions to that, but you know, if it's a wellness or a coaching type of situation, is different. But that's you know another discussion. that's a whole nother discussion for sure with wellness and you're not providing actual therapy versus educational materials. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of fine lines that therapists are going to have to be able to determine at this point. Yes. Yes. So what would you say the biggest hurdle has been in this transition that you're working on? I know you're working on it every day and adding clients every day. What, what is the biggest hurdle that you're undergoing so far? So that's interesting. And I was thinking about that. Um, I would say there's two big hurdles for me. One is actually being able to communicate what I'm doing to the public. Therapists get it. They understand what I'm saying. But trying to explain to people that, particularly the Medicare B home-based services, to explain to people that, yes, I can come to your home and provide therapy, but no, you don't have to be homebound. And what does homebound really mean? And what's the difference between Medicare A and Medicare B? And I don't get it. So communicating that in a succinct way so that the patients, the clients understand it and the, and the referring providers, the, mm-hmm. the physicians don't understand it either. So being able to explain that in a way that makes sense is definitely one of the biggest hurdles. Um, the telehealth portion, people seem to get that now. They seem to understand. And that's really, you know, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, my doctor. I just had a telehealth appointment with my doctor last week. I understand what that's all about. Um, so that's one of the hurdles is, is that. The other hurdle for me personally is organization. Um, That's never been my strongest point, organization, and I am working very hard at it. And this is challenging my ability to make and save folders in all technological areas of my computer and then remember where I saved the folders in order to access them. And um, that's probably my second hurdle and challenge is my organizational system. I need to consult with my daughter who's very organized and she might be able to help me. But, um, but that is another one of the hurdles. The other hurdle is underestimating how much time each little piece takes. So I had a day earlier, earlier last week where it was like lunchtime and I was like, what did I even accomplish in these last four hours sitting at my desk? And it was like, well, I got my mobile app downloaded on my phone for my banking. Okay, that's it? That's all you did all morning? Well, you know, there were glitches and there were problems. And I, I had to call the bank and I was on hold for half an hour. And, you know, things that you expect to just be a quick little, oh, it'll only take you five minutes. Sometimes it just doesn't take five minutes. And, um, and, and just sort of trying to be patient with myself and patient with the technology and understand that things are just going to take time. And you really have to be willing to put 
that time in to get it going. That's another awesome tip, um, even if you're still not transitioning or doing anything different, because most of us, many of us, I won't say most of us, but we have a fair amount of OTs, PTs, therapists that have children. And so we're dealing with children at home and it makes doing everything we do a little more challenging. Not to mention the internet is extremely slow, probably across the world because of the volume of people utilizing their devices. So what normally would take to open one file, 30 seconds could take three or four minutes. So you're not going to get as much done. So we have to give ourselves credit, more credit than we normally would, and reduce our expectation levels on ourselves. Because if we don't, we're going to lose our minds. And so if you get one little thing done, we got to find a system to pat ourselves on the back. I know with my kids right now, I have four kids and they're all in homeschool and they all have lots and lots of assignments and the system's crashing right and left. So if I get one assignment per kid, even though they each had six, I got to say, hey, we got one done and, and be okay with that. Even though with a type A personality, it's really hard to let those other five assignments sit there. I have to recognize that there's limitations because of the internet, the children's personalities and all the other things. So I'm really working on that myself. And you yeah. saying that just makes me feel so much better. So I hope that the people that listen to this feel a lot better when they hear it coming from someone else. <laughs> really. So you did give us some fabulous resources already with some of those Facebook groups, and I will put them in a summary sheet for people. But do you have any more resources or ideas on platforms or ways people can help determine some business models that I can, you know, put in a list? Well, the, the last, I guess you're talking about the platforms. And again, if you go on to the websites, particularly Kara's Next Level One, if you search on those sites, instead of just posting a question, there's always a search bar on the top, right? And okay. if you search, you know, telehealth platforms, you'll see like so many posts because the posts tend to repeat themselves. So if you if you search, you, you'll get your answers. Um, of all the different platforms that different therapists are using, I opted to use HelloNote. Um, so far, it's working out beautifully for me. Um, I will say that one of the reasons I chose HelloNote is because if you, they have a, and maybe other places have this deal, but um, I really didn't want to tackle the Medicare credentialing piece. Um, I did it when I had my practice in New Hampshire. I did it myself. But this time around, the form seemed a little different and they were, I wasn't quite sure where to go with it. And there were so many other things that needed my attention to get this up and going. And I learned from someone on one of those Facebook groups that HelloNote if you sign on with them in advance, like you pay, you know, a certain number of months in advance, they will do the credentialing for you as mm -hmm. part of their package. And I thought, you know, I'm leaning towards them anyway. I know I'm going to, you know, I know I'm starting this business and I'm here to stay. So I'm not going to do the month by month thing. I was like, you know what? It's fine. And I signed up with them and I signed a contract with them and my credentialing has been, um, is in process right now. And all I had to do was 
sign a document and, you know, provide the information that they needed to do it for me. So that was a big time saver for me. And, um, you know, again, other platforms may do that, but um, I chose Hello Note and and uh, Steve Gluck, the person who owns and, and runs Hello Note, I've been calling him personally with questions every day and he picks up the phone. He's patient. He answers my questions. He's been really accessible and fantastic. So I have no, um, no complaints at this. So it's, yeah, it's going well so far. Awesome. Well, we're going to really look forward to checking back with you in a few months and seeing how this takes off and how you do the expansion. I'd like to, you know, retouch later when, things are settled down just so we could see how everything goes with adding other disciplines. And I'm sure that's a whole nother podcast in itself too. And thank you so much for your time. We want you to get back on it. So I'm not going to keep you any longer. It's been an honor having you. And we are so thankful for the the little tips and the big tips and the medium-sized tips that you've shared in this podcast. And, And we really appreciate you. Thanks for being a hero. Well, thank you, Susan, for having me on. Talk about being honored. I was the one honored that you asked me to do this interview. So thank you very much for what you do for all of us and for your purple book, which without <laughs> I would not have passed the CHD exam in 2010. So thank you for that as well. Hey, that was not a paid for advertisement, people, just so you know. <laughs> nope, nope. Didn't ask me to say that, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you everyone for joining us. Please send an email to info at handtherapy.com if you'd like a summary sheet from today's podcast and put in the body or in the topic, Cindy. And when you get a chance, please drop a short five-star review for us when you have a few minutes. It really perks us up and gives us the motivation to keep these podcasts coming. Thanks so much and stay safe, everyone. Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.